Hello everybody and welcome back to the show. Relentless Wind, Crystal Blue Ice, Six Months of Dark, Six Months of Light, Antarctica. So grab your warmest coat and join us on this thrilling journey through the frozen life of the Antarctic Ocean. Expect to learn what are the extreme adaptations that life had to develop in this environment, what is the role of phytoplankton, what are the effects of climate change on the Antarctic, what is this mysterious recently discovered fish, and much more. Another name for the Antarctic Ocean is the Southern Ocean. It is a unique and harsh environment with freezing temperatures, icy waters and permanent sea ice. It experiences long dark winters and strong winds all the time. And the fact that animals are able to thrive and reproduce inside of it is quite amazing. It shows the resilience and adaptability of life. So the main issue in this environment is cold. Cold is everywhere. The water is ice cold. So since the water is ice cold, you need to keep on your blood flowing inside of your organism. Well, that's what fish and other organisms had to develop to be able to survive. They developed anti-freezing proteins. So there's two precise reasons why they use it. And the first one is, so no crystal forms in their blood, because crystals in blood, as you may already know, can cause vascular accidents and lead to the death of the organism. So being able to break down or avoid having crystals in your blood actually saves your life in this environment. And the second reason is because since you have antifreeze proteins and proteins is a layer that you add inside a fluid, having this extra layer actually gives you a bonus capacity of not being cold because it quite isolates more the blood in the body. So it's less cold and you have a warmer blood. And the warmer blood requires less energy to be warmed up. So that's logic because life is always trying to save energy and only spend it on the essential like breathing or digesting. Another adaptation that mammals in particular have developed and use it uh, quite all the time in this place is a sort of solar panel included in your skin to retain sunlight and keep warm better in the water. So how does it work? Well, they have what you call an insulating blubber. So it's sort of like a fat layer, but actually made to retain heat from the sunlight through the skin. So for example, if they need to do a long travel in the ocean, like deep in the open ocean of the Antarctic, well, they will swim closer to the surface when they are not hunting in deep waters to search preys like squids, fish, or even crustaceans. And this allows them to have less energy spent again on keeping themselves warm enough. So in the Arctic too, uh, periodically every once in a while, usually in spring and summer, there are many blooms of phytoplankton all over the place in the Antarctica and they have an impact on it. So imagine, phytoplankton is a small plant that floats near the surface and they are vital as the primary producers of the food chain, converting sunlight and nutrients into organic matter through photosynthesis. And there's so many blooms in this area that it actually changes the Antarctic Ocean's physical and chemical properties. It removes carbon dioxide from the atmosphere since photosynthesis uses CO2, carbon dioxide, and they are essential for small marine creatures and higher level organisms. They are the basis of the food chain, so losing them would have catastrophic consequences. 
Next part, Antarctic crow. So, a small shrimp-like creature is the Antarctic crow. They are utmost important in maintaining the delicate balance and sustainability of the whole Antarctic ecosystem, just like the phytoplankton. So they feed on phytoplankton. They eat this phytoplankton to get their energy. This is why it goes from phytoplankton to Antarctic krill to all the organisms like fish and mammals. That's how it works. So this energy transfer is essential for the survival of the larger marine species. By consuming krill, fish, seals and whales are able to meet their nutritional needs and maintain healthy populations. Without the abundance of krill, these hyotrophic levels would struggle to find sufficient food resources, leading to a disruption in the delicate balance of the Antarctic ecosystem. Excessive growth of phytoplankton can be harmful for the species, because uncontrolled population growth can lead to impacts on other species around it. So, sometimes these blooms are toxic. So, imagine there is a complete uh, part of the ocean with uh, three seals in it, for example, and it's completely full of phytoplankton. But phytoplankton is made of many, many algae, and one of them is toxic. Well, many of them is are sorry, many of them are toxic. So the seals will now struggle to live in this environment because there's toxicity in it right now. So something or a creature has to eventually control this population. This is exactly and precisely what the Antarctic krill does. Abundance of krill provides a reliable, consistent food source for predators, such as the blue whale. The blue whale essentially feeds on krill, and they can eat up to 4 tons of krill every day during the feeding season. Every vertebrate on the planet, from the orc to the zebra, has the same general mechanism for delivering oxygen to its cells. Red blood cells, which contain a protein called hemoglobin, transport the essential O2 molecules when they are needed and where they are needed. However, there is an exception to this rule in the Antarctic Ocean. It's a small family of fish known as the ice fish from the Notothenoid family. What's interesting is that in a recent article published in the Nature and Ecology and Evolution, scientists discovered in the sequence of the ice fish genome that these fishes have lost their hemoglobin and managed to survive in the extreme cold still. It's quite mysterious how an organism is capable of transferring O2, so oxygen, into blood vessels and organs that need it without using hemoglobin. It should be from, I guess, a system that makes the O2 go directly into these organs or tissues. Now, to be more general about the species in the Arctic, they're seabirds and marine mammals. They play a vital role. They depend on the ocean for food and breeding. They permanently interact with this environment and contribute to its health and stability. This place is also known for being a checkpoint in the long migrations of either whales or birds. And if you really think about it, they must have seen every part of the Antarctic by doing periodically these movements throughout this world. Either two towns, ten times, twenty times, thousand times, hundred times, who knows? And they use a special habitat, a very unique one, when, for example, seabirds do their migration. They use icebergs. So icebergs are considered as floating ecosystems. They are large chunks of ice that break off from glaciers and float in the ocean. And these icy structures provide a refuge and a feeding ground to 
seabirds, seals, and fish. Seals actually use these icy platforms to grow their pup. So the pup starts its life from his mother, alone on a piece of iceberg, or a piece of ice. And since it is too young to be able to survive in really, really cold water, his mother will periodically switch from the ocean to catch preys and have energy to create enough uh, nutrient milk for the pup to grow, and the ice sheet. And when the pup is old enough to swim, well then he's old enough to catch preys on himself. And the seal mother will eventually abandon him, but so he can make his own life. So final part, what are the impact of climate change on the Antarctic Ocean? Well, first there's the loss of sea ice. So right now the temperatures are going up in the Antarctic, and since the ice is home to life, we can imagine that the loss of ice means the loss of life. Second effect of rising temperatures is shifts in the ecosystem dynamic. So the abundance and distribution of species in patterns will be affected. They will change. So some animals will likely go to another place and some others to other place. Last consequence is they can also disrupt the breeding patterns. So animals like penguins and seals rely on stable sea ice conditions for breeding, nesting and rearing their young. So if there's no ice or if the ice is really thin and fragile, they'll be vulnerable either to predators or simply to the conditions. Because in summer, when it gets close to this period, there's no ice. And if your piece of ice is already shrinking, in summer it will completely disappear. So these three impacts combined lead to the loss of Antarctic biodiversity. Finally, the frozen life of the Antarctic Ocean is a fascinating topic that highlights the impact of climate change and the importance of its biodiversity. If you want to be informed of future episodes or suggest topics even, don't hesitate to subscribe and send a message on Instagram at marinebioexplained underscore at marinebioexplained underscore. <laughs>